Hi, everybody. Welcome to Take the Black Lie, the show where myself, Dan Selke, editor of WinnersComing.net, and Mia Johnson, editor at Fansided.com, give you the latest in news, discussion, insight in the realms of pop culture, sci-fi, fantasy, Game of Thrones, Star Wars, Emmys, um, Comic-Con, superheroes, Marvel, DC, anything you can think of, we talk mm-hmm. about it, as long as those things are related to, you know, stuff nerds are into, basically. Mia, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm gearing up to go on another sort of like mini vacation next week Love so it's it. just like i've got all these little like random things to do and i'm like freaking out i'm like oh, i hope i can get everything done in time but i'm calm cool and collected now that i get to talk to you <laughs> everybody <laughs> out there everybody else like jen and lisa hey Jen and lisa thanks for coming thanks for seeing you um we'll try to keep us as stress-free as possible but I- i'm gonna warn you this is gonna be this is a, a pretty packed show. A lot happened in the past week. We had... So l- let's just dive right in. So, so, so we're going to cover all the recent spate of cons. And there were a spate, by the way. It wasn't just Comic-Con over this weekend. There were several, like, rogue pirate conventions yeah. happening <laughs> at the same time that sort of sort of stole the thunder, if you ask me. But we'll get to that in a minute. Um, we're going to go over... Hey, Kathleen from Florida. Dan from Illinois. Uh, we're going to go over um, the Emmy nominations, what uh, got in, what was uh, snubbed, and I have <laughs> seen The Umbrella Academy Season 2 ahead Yay. of time, or at least most of it, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that. All right. So, first up, Comic-Con at Home happened this weekend. It was, you know, the compromise convention after the actual Comic-Con could not happen because of that pesky coronavirus. And Jen Casey watched Cursed. It was pretty good. Good, Jen. Yeah. We had mixed reviews here. Like, um, Corey Smith, who was on here, really, really liked it. Richard um, Preston, who reviewed it for us, didn't like it much. But I'm glad it's finding an audience. It does seem to have found an audience. Did you watch it, Mia? I watched those first couple episodes. It took precedence. We can talk about this later over uh, me finishing Umbrella Academy. So, almost finishing, actually. Ugh. (laughs) You still have, like, three days if you want to finish it, because um, it's on Friday. But anyway, at um, Comic-Con at Home, let's hit some big highlights that came out of there. If we can mm-hmm. do a, a mini lightning round of what we thought of them. The New Mutants, um, the eternally delayed, like, four years running horror-themed X-Men spinoff starring <laughs> Maisie Williams as the mutant Wolfsbane and a bunch of other kind of, we're in an asylum, it's X-Men, but it's horror, and, we're, and it's crazy asylum. Um... They showed a trailer. They showed a new scene, which I thought looked pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I think this was, or at least I had seen someone said this was the most watched Comic-Con panel. Yes. Um, and I think for for good reason, too. Um, I thought the uh, the opening scene was kind of interesting. It was like they really wanted to get you with like whatever action was going on. You know, you've got the girl escaping this monster or whatever and it's like she loses her dad and it's like whoa bim bam bam and then she's in a hospital or something like that so they're like we're really gonna hook you it's gonna make you really want to see it (laughs) i wonder i mean it's 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 such like a weird orphan movie because it was made under the old like fox x-men regime and they're gone now because now disney owns the x-men so I don't think there's going to be like a continuation of it, but they still want to get it out there because they made it eight years ago and now it's like yeah. just release it already. They have a release date of August 18th. I will, I have a better chance of getting the power to bend metal with my mind 
than it actually hitting that release date. I know. Back when they first changed it, because uh, it was supposed to be April, and then they're like, yeah, we'll do late August. And I think that's kind of when we were in like fairy tale land. Like, yeah, we'll right. only be in our right. house. We'll, we'll only fun. be in our house like two weeks. And then it's like, mm, maybe a month. Okay, maybe two months. And now to think of something like August 28th, I'm like, there is no way in heck, unl- unless it opens um, internationally, because I think that's what Tenet is doing. Right. Um, but then it just opens it up to bootleggers. Ooh, Ooh, it does. So all of you (laughs) watchers who are living internationally, you get to see movies before we in the United States do, because we can't seem to lick this thing, but that's another issue entirely different podcast. It's our, yes, this is our punishment. Um, Vikings, this is the final, the last half of the last (laughs) season of this show is going to come out on November 30th. The show's been going on for like, Going on a decade now. I think it's a season uh, wow. I think seven or six. I forget which one it is. Um, that's happening. I don't watch, but exciting. Good for people who love Vikings. Yeah. They also announced the Walking Dead finale, which has... That was another one that was like, they showed every episode of the 10th season, except for the last one. And they were like, sorry, our special effects people can't get in to like add the blood on the zombies or whatever, so we can't show that to you just yet. That's coming out um, uh, October fourth. Uh, Great, and they're going to have six more episodes early next year. So it doesn't seem like COVID has really dimmed AMC's plans for The Walking Dead zombies everywhere. They're still yeah. going everything. Any thoughts on The Walking Dead or Vikings, Mia? You know, well, not Viking. Unfortunately, I don't watch that. Uh, it is, it's kind of interesting. It's like, wow, how many, at least for The Walking Dead, is like how many finishing touches that they need to put on this final episode? Um, I mean, it is a finale, right? So it's like yeah. a big battle. It, it, it's yeah. not like a final episode where Daryl and Kayla are like sitting in a church talking to each other. It's like <laughs> the big, everyone's going to go uh, rush the tower. As Lisa says, I want to see what Beta does, and we finally will find out. Mm, she also can't yeah. wait for can't wait for the rest of Vikings. Woohoo! Yeah, so hopefully it'll come out. I saw something where it was like, unfortunately, this se- this season won't be coming to Netflix in the fall. I don't know if it's because it's not complete. Maybe it was something contractual, but it'll come eventually. Yeah, it'll be fine. <laughs> I mean, I start to wonder now, like now that people are going back to work and. Filming is going to start up again on things like The Witcher and The Lord of the Rings, and I'm sure the next season of Walking Dead. Like, I wonder if there will be fewer big set pieces because they're like, listen, we can't budget for like a giant thing that just gets canceled. Like, we got to be a little yeah. more careful, people. Yeah. But we'll see what that happens with like the crop of shows that come out in like fall of 2021. They're like, everything's so small scale. Everyone's solving their problems with conversation now. What yeah. happened? <laughs> Using your words. <laughs> like, where are the sword fights and the explosions? But we'll no see magic, happens. no nothing. <laughs> <laughs> A little thing that I was interested in, um, I'm not sure how many folk here or if anybody has watched The Dragon Prince on Netflix. It's the show from the head writer of Avatar The Last Airbender. Um, he got like a... Check from Netflix to make a new animated show. Very fantasy, very high fantasy. Dragons are involved. It's very The Last Airbender meets Game of Thrones. Like, I'm pretty sure that was on the pitch document. It had three <laughs> seasons. It kind of felt like it was over, but it got four more. So four more seasons of that are on the way. Netflix has that Netflix money. Spent on that. Good for that. Mm-hmm. And, okay. So the f- interesting thing about Comic-Con at home was that 
I don't think it really was the most talked about con that happened over this past weekend. Yeah. The most. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to say there's been some sort of, you know, conversation where you can say maybe like the media, as some fans might recall it, have been saying that, you know, it's a bust. It wasn't really that great. The numbers were low and this and this and that. And there wasn't a lot to offer. And yes, I will say there was not a lot to offer um, in terms of just like Disney wasn't there. Marvel wasn't there. Star wasn't there. Yeah. So there was a lot of the big players that were missing. Um, But still there were fans who said they, you know, they enjoyed it for what it was worth. You still got to have a little bit of uh, some collectibles to buy. Uh, The community, you know, thing wasn't really there like we talked about last time, but you know, it, it, it was something to kind of bridge that gap. So I wouldn't say I was a fan of it, but it happened. And, it, you know, that's all I'll say. <laughs> it happened. <laughs> yeah. Lisa says, I honestly didn't know Comic-Con went on. I think that was a big problem for them. Like, usually it's yeah. a big massive event, but no one was paying attention. Although it provided an opportunity for an entirely different con that I had never heard of called Justice Con to sneak its way in and kind of dominate headlines. So there was, yeah. I'm going to call it a rogue pirate con. Uh, basically, some DC fans, because it was like fan-made, like put together a online con where they basically just talked about the Snyder Cut. Like that was what the con was about. It was, let's talk to Zack Snyder and Ray Fisher and folk about Zack Snyder's upcoming director's cut of um, Justice League. Mm-hmm. And he showed off some new footage. Ray Fisher talked more smack about Joss Whedon. Like, it was way higher intensity than anything yeah. at Comic-Con. The biggest thing was probably this image of Henry Cavall um, from the Snyder Cut wearing yeah. his black Superman suit from the comics, apparently. Um, like, it's just interesting that they were just scooped like this. Because I read that, like, the panels at the Comic-Con at home, they didn't even have any, like, participation. Like, they couldn't answer live questions. It was all, like, pre-recorded. And at mm-hmm. least the Zack Snyder panel at Rogue Pirate Justice Con, like, you could ask him questions and he could answer. Like, oh, don't really? you want, like, that kind of interactivity Yeah. from a panel, from us? You guys not talking yeah. about Yeah, you know what? That surprised me when I saw that, you know, these panels were scheduled. So I was assuming they would be going live. And then to see that you could watch basically just the whole thing when it released, I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of interesting. Um, which is good for me because, like, with covering the new mutants, I could just like 100%. put it on, like, you know, one, two times speed and watch it really quick. I love um, Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, I can see from like a fan's perspective, like, if you wanted to ask a question about new mutants or about Vikings or anything, it kind of shut that off. Whereas that was kind of a big part of really going to any comic convention is being able to have that cross participation between the fans and the creators and actors. (laughs) Like that's the thing, like a kind of thrones, like someone can ask Nikolai Coster-Wald out, like, you know, what did Jamie mean when he said this one line you've already forgotten from eight years ago? He's like, I don't know. Like no one else is going to ask that. Yeah. Like that's the fun thing about comic cons. The fans get to ask these like really kind of detailed questions you wouldn't think about otherwise. Mm-hmm. And to just not have it, it was a weird choice. Yeah, which I was surprised the when I saw about the dark Superman suit, I was like, wait, but there's no DC stuff at Comic-Con. So when I was looking it up, I was like, oh, this was something completely separate. How did they pull that off? They scooped them. <laughs> yeah. They scooped them. 
Uh, smart people. Do you have any thoughts on the D- on, on, on the Superman suit? Are you a comics fan? Because I recognize yeah. that thing from the Death of Superman, like back in the day. But really, I you know. I can't say like 100% that it rings a bell. I know that there was some discussion about it, but really like I'm not because I'm not super into like the DC sure. comics, comics part of it. I'm just like, oh, that's really neat. <laughs> uh, but it is kind of interesting to see these. And actually, Zack Snyder has been doing this for a while to see these snippets of kind of like what was going on in his mind, what he wanted to be filmed, what honest, you know, didn't make the cut in the end. Right. A lot. Um, so... He's really trying to get us hyped up about, you know, his vision, what's what's coming. <laughs> and apparently it's working, more or less. Yeah. So more power to you. All right, the other big thing, and then right on the heels of all these Comic Cons, Rogue Comic Cons. Oh, um, also they debuted the trailer for Lovecraft Country. I will yeah. see. Um, why don't you take us into that? Yeah, Set so Lovecraft Country, we've been talking about it, the book from Matt Ruff. It's being uh Produced by Jordan Peele, J.J. Abrams, and it's this weird, you know, horror land mixed with racists, and it's in the Jim Crow South. There's a lot going on, <laughs> so uh, I think it warrants us just rolling the the trailer and seeing a bit of that. And this HBO show. What's that book you've been reading about? It's about heroes who get to go on adventures, defeat the monsters, and save the day. Little boy from the south side of Chicago, the only tourists that get to do that. This story is about my father and the secret birthright that's been kept from us. You're going after it. We're going near the car. He's going to stand there, Tick? This is family business. Just because they don't want you here doesn't mean you're not supposed to be. Gotta get away. This is an invitation to unmitigated power. Where in the hell did I go wrong with you, boy? I told you to stay away from that damn place. Ooh, so that is some exciting, thrilling stuff. And that was only like the first half of the trailer. Um, the second half, a lot of action, a lot of this and a lot of that. So I think it sets it up pretty well. Um, it, I don't even know. I think for me, it's kind of magical to see, like, because I'm reading in the process of reading the book right now, seeing those characters, <clears throat> excuse me, kind of come off the page and kind of come alive. Um, but the most interesting part to me is kind of at the end. And I, I encourage everybody to watch the full trailer when they get the chance is when they start like teasing some of the monsters that are going to come out. Like there's like a zombie and there's like this Cthulhu or something that they run into. <laughs> um, so yeah, I was, I was really interested to see like, how are they going to mix kind of having, you know, just a regular kind of series and then throwing in all these supernatural elements. So it looks really cool. Like, you're reading the book. D- does it all gel in the book? Like, can, can, can you see this working on TV? Yeah, I think so. Um, to me, it kind of has, like, from what I understand, a, uh, like, the outsider kind of feel to where you get, like, oh, these yeah, yeah, yeah. hints, like, in the beginning, these hints of supernatural things. So you're not, like, 
entirely sure what's going on, but it's definitely giving you the creeps and it's definitely not normal. Um, so I think it's kind of that like understated horror that just, you know, it, it still creeps under your bones until the moment where it just like all comes together. So Perhaps. it's definitely for sure doable, like as a series. Yeah. I mean, I've always thought it looked really cool. You know, they film part of it like really near Chicago. That's what I was wondering because it is, there are some parts in Chicago, South side of Chicago. So it's like, Oh, you know, it should have brought me on as a walk on roll. <laughs> I know this one some because I had a neighbor who like did hair and makeup for it oh, for really? like a month. Dead. Yeah, it was pretty. Oh, cool. Wow. Yeah. So, but yeah, it looks really interesting. I love the premise. I love the people involved. And um, yeah, I think mid August, like August sixteenth. Yeah, honest. August sixteenth. And we'll all listen to your Lovecraft Country podcast. Yeah, yeah. So that's going on. We just filmed the first episode, but it won't be releasing until Monday. Um, and the idea is that, you know, this will be we'll have a new episode every Monday after the episode airs on Sunday so we can talk about it. Um, just as a shameless plug, the first episode we brought on the guest um, and he's a really huge horror fan. So he was able to talk to us about like who is H.P. Lovecraft, what are all his monsters about and all that if you're really interested in the backstory. So um, wherever you listen to Take the Black, you can find our new Lovecraft Country Chronicles podcast. It's going to be pretty fun. Chronicles. And Dan, we gotta we gotta bring you on as a guest at some point as well. I know, like, don't make me <laughs> beg, like, because I will, but I I want to come on. I'm gonna watch my screeners. So yes, please let me come on at some point, whenever is convenient for you. Yes, okay. yes. <laughs> all right. Some other uh, big news to come out right after all the con stuff were we had the Emmy announcements yesterday. By the mm -hmm. way, Jen says that she doesn't have HBO anymore. I miss out on a lot. I gotta say, HBO, I mean, I know Game of Thrones is over, but they have been doing some pretty good stuff lately. Perry Mason's yeah. good. This is pretty good. Um, I'm loving that I'll Be Gone in the Dark documentary series with Patton Oswald's wife hunting the Golden State Killer. Um, yeah, they're doing some good stuff. So, Jen, if you feel like springing for HBO Max sometime, you know, yeah. feel free. <laughs> um, anyway, the Emmys. The Emmy nominations came out um, for the 20... We a weird Emmys we're having because, mm -hmm. again, like the eligibility, eligibility period was extended because there were some things affected by COVID-19. Like, you got to get in there under the radar. Some of the highlights, and just um, stop me if you have burning opinions to get out if I say any of this <laughs> stuff. Netflix got the most nominations, 160, an enormous amount. HBO, which is kind of used to getting the most nominations, came in with a mere 106. Ooh, just, just right under. <laughs> <laughs> Not even close. Like But I will say, uh, HBO did have the show with the most nominations, Watchmen, which mm -hmm. was... I guess we're calling it a miniseries now, aired last year. That got 26 nominations, including some big acting nods for Jeremy Irons, Regina King for actor and mm -hmm. actress, as well as outstanding original series. And The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel got 20 noms, second most noms per thing. Um, okay, some other series. What I'm excited about, yeah. I gotta tell you, what I was kind of happiest about was that The Mandalorian got so many nominations. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I, I just like the show so much, and it was nice to see it really kind of break through. It got um, 16 nominations, including Outstanding Drama Series, Taika Waititi, Outstanding Character Voiceover Performance for that droid, IG-11, I think. Mm -hmm. I think it should definitely win Outstanding Music Composition, because I loved it in that. And oh, yeah. um, 
and Gene Carlo, like the like the kind of like the Western thing, like like the wah, wah, wah. It was totally had that spirit. I loved it. <laughs> and then Giancarlo Esposito for best guest actor as Moff Gideon, like uh-huh. six, fifteen, was it fifteen or sixteen? I think it was fifteen. Fifteen yeah. now for like a Star Wars kind of sci-fi romp. Not bad at all. That's, the first, yeah, season. not really bad. I feel like it's one of those shows where, at least for me. I would say it flew under my radar as far as being one of those like, oh, this should definitely be, you know, nominated for an Emmy or I don't know if it's because it's Star Wars or if it's because it's Disney Plus, but it it just didn't like, of course, I felt like Watchmen was a given um, stuff like Mrs. Basil and and some of your your regulars. I was like, oh, yeah, I guess you can nominate. Yeah, yeah. Handmaid's Tale. What was interesting to me, though, I was like, hmm. Because it was nominated for, like, Best Drama. Like, that's a pretty big category. And I was like, compared to, like, everything in the sequel trilogy, uh, episode seven through nine, Mm -hmm. none of those, like, really even came close to having something as, like, I don't know if you want to say prestigious as that nomination. Um, It's usually just all visual effects or sound editing, which good for them. Um, but <laughs> obviously no, no best picture or best director or screenwriting, that sort of thing. So I was like, Star Wars might really be filling themselves in the TV section. Like, oh, if this is how it's going to be, they might really, really want to. And I think they already are like drilling down now on the TV section and seeing where it goes from oh, there. They totally are. Yeah. You know why this was nominated for Best Outstanding Drama and the Star Wars movies weren't nominated for Best Picture because The Mandalorian deserves it and they did not. That's Yeah, plain and simple. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's plain and simple right there. I mean, often with with award shows, you kind of like look at the nominations and you're like, you know, like, is is this really the best thing here or is it more like Mm -hmm. momentum and it's its time and the kind of things that are popular? I mean, I loved The Mandalorian, though, so I'm happy to see it. As Lisa says, excited to see what we do in the shadows and Shit's Creek were nominated for outstanding comedy series. Yeah, the good places in there too. I would completely agree. Um, I am now head over heels in love with what we do in the shadows, and I want it to win best comedy series. <laughs> the good place is great too, and Shit's Creek. Yeah, it's kind of a a pretty strong year overall for those big categories. Like, yeah, there's a lot sure. of good stuff in in the major ones. Uh, what else we got? Okay, so we got Westworld, 11 nominations. Um, right, you know, pretty yeah. good. Uh, the Handmaid's Tale, also 11. What We Do in the Shadows, nine nominations. That's pretty good. Because you know why? Because that is like a half-hour comedy, but it's such like a visually opulent half-hour comedy that can, that can like score some of those um, technical ones. You know what? Going back to the Westworld really quick, because I think Jeffrey Wright was nominated as one of the actors. And to me, I don't, I, you know what? I didn't look up his history before, but I was like, Ooh, it kind of pains me that he was nominated in like the most severely underused season. Which maybe that's a good thing. Yeah. It's like he had to do so little acting and he still pulled it off for nomination. But like I was I thought I was like, is he up for like best guest star? Like yeah. for that season? He was barely in it. <laughs> I mean, but, that's the yeah. kind of thing where I look at it and I say, like, all right, are you really rewarding like the best performance? Or do you mm-hmm like Jeffrey Wright a lot and like who can blame you but like sometimes award shows do feel like that but then again when like the stuff I like gets nominated objectivity goes out the window for me and I'm just like I just like them I I hope they win pretty much yeah (laughs) 
Um, so yeah, we got that. We got Stranger Things got eight, including outstanding drama series. Rick and Morty got two. I'm definitely excited about what we do in the shadows. Um, any snubs stood out to you, Mia? Anything you uh, wished? How very dare they? You know what? We had a story go well because it's weird for me. The Emmys are always like I care and then I don't care. I usually I'm more partial to the Oscars. Sure. Um, but someone made a good point about um, Self Made, which was on Netflix. And I really enjoyed that. That was Octavia Spencer. And she was Madam C.J. Walker. I think it was very creative. It was very, um, had a lot of spectacle, had a lot of great acting. Octavia Spencer was nominated for her role, at least. Um, but our writer made a really good point. It was like, wow, there's just, the problem is, is that there's really just so much outstanding television now that it, it is kind it of sorry, you know, when things like that do slip through the crack or they do only get one nomination so it's like you know i i don't know if i had any other snubs though did you we had a writer um ariba who's been on here before to talk about outlander was Mm -hmm. very mad that outlander didn't get anything like i'm not talking like not best actor not best show they didn't even get like best hairstyling best costume costume, like anything easy which, by the way, I know it's bad to like kind of treat those categories as like the other ones, but yeah. I'm sorry, everyone else does it. I'm just trying to fit in. Um, <laughs> so she was definitely mad that the Outlander didn't get nominated at all. Um, but I mean, I guess like I was going to say, like, look at these best drama categories. Like, what would you drop? Like, what nominee would you let go of? Like, Better Call Saul, I think, is a lot. I was going to say, great. yeah, The Crown, and eh, maybe. Um, the Handmaid's Tale I haven't been watching. Killing Eve. Okay, actually, now that I'm reading this out loud, maybe there are a few you could have dropped. Um, <laughs> the Mandalorian stays. Um, Ozark, I know, is very popular. Stranger Things, it was very good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Secession, I actually love. And I, I, it, for me, it's between Secession, The Mandalorian, and Better Call Saul. For me, those your three winners? Yes. Okay, wow. Yeah, definitely for me, I'm looking at it. Mandalorian is a lock-in. I haven't been... I haven't watched Better Call Saul myself, but I've heard a lot of good things about that. I want to kind of give a token to Killing Eve too, but it kind of... I don't know, like compared to Stranger Things at least, it's it's really hard for me to make that comparison because I've obviously seen Stranger Things. But I can only tell you what I've known about Killing Eve. So I would say my, like, just personally, Mandalorian, Stranger Things, Better Call Saul. But I know everyone, I, I know people are nuts about Succession, even though for me, I was just, I was kind of like, man, about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it happens. And, and Lisa says Handmaid's Tale. Oh, uh, Lisa, is that you would drop it or you're voting for that for, like, your <laughs> ultimate super awesome one? And as Jen says, I can't get into Rick and Morty. Has moments, but not into it, which I totally get. I mean, it's definitely not going to be like a a for everyone thing. Yeah. Any two nominations. <laughs> Overall, a pretty strong field, though. Like TV's yeah. TV is really good right now. Yeah, and, yeah, it really um, is. I hope the coronavirus doesn't um, crap all over that. Yeah, that'll be an interesting ceremony. I guess, like, VMAs are oh, coming yeah. up. Ceremony. They're going to do uh, something kind of remote-ish. I feel like this will be the same. Like, they're just going to have to work with what they've got. But for sure, nobody pick, pack into a crowded theater, I don't think. <laughs> Wait, I'm not sure I like that. So, like, 
Olivia Coleman's gonna be in her sweatpants on Zoom accepting her Emmy. Yeah. I'm a- Which yeah, it's like there potentially won't even be obviously red carpet of it either. You know, it's it'll be who knows? Virtual red carpet. But yeah, she's gonna be in her sweats. It's <laughs> Oh, all like the pomp and circumstance is gone from that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't like it. The magic um, is gone. I hope that they all dress in ridiculous evening wear anywhere, and they're just like <laughs> in their kitchens. Like I can't believe this is happening to me. But yeah. like, like hand down, and they're in sweats over like their tucks. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's going down in um, September, yeah. as Lisa says. Another great show going to recognize was Mrs. America. Completely agree. Loved oh, that show. Right, yeah. And I'm glad that's nominated. Although it's not. Oh, because that was a mini series. Yeah, that's like kind of how. But, yeah, she was nominated. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> that's like kind of how Watchmen got in so many nominations because it's like, it's they're counting it as a mini series, not like uh-huh. a drama, which is mm. fine because they do keep saying they're not going to make a second season. So I guess yeah. you win. Yeah. As Jen says, I, I love Miss America. I thought that was great. Um, as Jen says, YouTube is more entertaining to me right now. Like us. We can take with that. Yeah. Maybe next month we'll talk about YouTube more for the Wick Club. Um, yeah. So stay- I, yeah, I think yeah. I agree with you, Jen. I think half of the reason sometimes I miss out on a lot of TV is because I'm kind of like more into the YouTube sphere, um, which is kind of interesting. So it's like I've got, you know, one foot in traditional media and then one foot in YouTube. So. Yeah. <laughs> although speaking of, although I'll, I'll reiterate on the Wit Club next week, next month, where we give away uh, prizes, where we do extra videos, extra articles, we're going to talk about YouTube favorite YouTubers. If you're more interested in that, feel free to check out this link. Kabam. Uh, but speaking of traditional media, which does have some nice things going on, I agree. YouTube is fascinating. A fascinating, just. Uh, galaxy of content to explore um but there is another pretty good show coming out this friday on the netflix the umbrella academy season two sequel to the umbrella academy season one i didn't just say that um kind of a wacky quirky family superhero drama um Sorry, Jen asked, do you know when I'm not okay with this? We'll be back. Any word? I do not know a lot about that series. Do you, Mia? Um, no, I know that. Wasn't The Rough nominated or that show was nominated, but I don't know when it's coming back for another season. Fair enough. So, I don't know. Sorry. Is that, am I even thinking about The Rice Show? I don't know. But, um... <laughs> No, oh, that's, sorry, okay, not to interrupt, I'm thinking of the HBO thing, I'm not okay with this, is the Netflix series. Yeah. From the end of the the world creator, I think, as well. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, um, I don't know any updates about that, but it does seem like a fascinating show. I hope we helped, we did not help. Anyway, (laughs) okay, Lisa's, uh, I can't wait for the Umbrella Academy show, grew on me, I love it. Same, Lisa, I watched the first season. I thought it was fun. I liked it. I, 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 I guess I have this like problem sometimes with like shows that like are so kind of quirky and different. It feels like they're trying too hard sometimes. Oh really? And I did. Like, mostly, I did. I got that feeling sometimes from the Umbrella Academy. Like, you know, just, 
I think I had that feeling in the first episode, but as I've been like basically finishing it now, it kind of wore off to, on me to the point where I just I'm absolutely in love with it. Um, I thought I w- I so thought I would have some time today to like have that the final episode in the background, and I didn't. It was like oh, I really want to watch it before it's we good, get into Jim. the discussion. But I know, you know, obviously I, I kind of I've seen the trailers and and everything for a season two, so I'm like uh, I'm kind of privy to what's going on already. <laughs> The finale was pretty good. I mean, I thought it was too quirky sometimes. You know, it's like, mm. God, what all the quirk they had. Like the um, uh, Mary J. Blige, the time-traveling assassin yeah. <laughs> who works for like a bureau that maintains a timeline of the yeah. number five, the kid character. Yeah. It's an old man. He loves the mannequin. Like, this is some serious quirk. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, everybody has a thing. And the one guy has a gorilla body. They are with a robot mom and a... Yeah. Um, you know, Monkey servant, yeah. <laughs> it was a lot, but it was it was fun, and I did yeah. sink into it, and I did enjoy it by the end. And the second season, I've watched like the first four episodes now. Um, I guess I'm just more used to it because it started to work for me pretty much from the jump. Um, mm-hmm. It's a big change in setting. I won't. Spo- I'm not going to spoil it. I will not spoil season two, but I will talk about it generally. It's a big change in setting. Um. Now that the characters are all established, I was more willing to just kind of go with them. Mm. And I think that's where the show is really good, right? Is the seven superhero siblings are really different, quirky in a good way, drawn with a lot of specificity and love, and played with a lot of verve. Like, they're just kind of fun. Like, they all have different ways of talking. They all have really kind of disparate powers. They all have really clashing personalities. And the show kind of loves to write scenes putting different ones together and seeing how they bump off each other yeah, and it does yeah. find a lot of fun notes my favorite is probably klaus i'm gonna go ahead and say <laughs> that because he's just the most fun to watch oh yeah for sure how about i you? think my favorite is i think the most fun for sure is klaus i've kind of i've got a soft spot for allison too maybe because she's one of the girl characters <laughs> but yeah, I, fun I to see say, girls with like, superpowers. Vanya too. <laughs> but Vanya was good. I, 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 I was kind of like you couldn't have made it like like three boys and three girls. Like you had okay, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I love the clashing personalities, and the, the second season is off to a great start. I will say again, I'm not going to spoil it. They do kind of pull like um, a pretty common. Um, storytelling trope to kind of mm. reset some things I was looking forward to them developing. And I was like, you're going to do that, really? But <laughs> it's not a big deal. There's just so much going on with all of them. Like, they don't feel like the episodes don't feel like too... Sometimes I feel like a show is kind of stretching itself out to fill the episodes they have to fill. Mm-hmm. And with the Umbrella Academy, it, it feels like they have enough. Like, they have okay. enough drama and comedy between these different characters that I don't feel like I'm, I'm never like okay let's move it on let's get on with this <laughs> yeah um, and so far I'm really enjoying it so it comes out Friday and I hope to have watched the whole thing by then and if you liked the first one you'll definitely like it and if you were a little like meh on the first one I think it's good enough to consider picking back up mm. awesome yeah I can't wait for it um, I've kind of got with my schedule it's like, I think I should, I, I'm like pretending that I don't have enough time, but I probably do because I want to finish the finale. Um, and then also HBO has just released the screeners for Lovecraft Country, the first oh, five episodes. So it's like, 
uh, I have to watch these, I have to do reviews, and I want to go on vacation, so. <laughs> but, okay. <laughs> so, you know what? If I do some meditation, I'll calm down. It's just watching TV. I'm going to relax and have some fun and, and, you know, enjoy the gifts that life is giving me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, like, you're going on vacation, like, are you going to be like water skiing 24 seven? Like, couldn't you take like an hour to relax and watch an episode of television? Well, you know, it's kind of weird when it used to be like, you know, like watching a show for work. Yeah. It's kind of like you have to watch it from a different angle. You have to be a little more critical. And then I also want to like do some writing, like right after I watch the episode, Um, we're going to be, we're going to be out of town for three days. So maybe those other two days I'll for sure, or over the weekend as well, I have some time to like actually kind of buckle down into it. Um, But yeah, thank you for helping uh, be my stress manager. (laughs) Hire this guy. (laughs) What's, what's, what's nice for me is that like for the umbrella Academy, like we have someone else writing about it. So Mm -hmm. all I get to do is just watch it and just enjoy it. Yeah. So that's like the perfect situation. Anyway, um, yeah, what a, a fun jam-packed episode we had. <laughs> awesome. Any other thoughts about anything, Mia, at all? You TV know what? I'll, sh- life? I'll share with you what I, I shared on um, in our messages that because I'm still reading Lovecraft Country, the novel. Mm-hmm. The way my e-reader is set up is that it shows <laughs> you the pages that you're on. And it also shows you how many pages you have remaining, quote unquote. Sure. And it was like, oh, you only have a short amount of pages remaining. I was like, wow, this book is going by surprisingly fast. So I haven't been reading it as much because I'm like, I don't want it to end. Sure. But to find out what the e-reader is telling me what I have left is the amount of pages in the chapter. So the chapters are like more than 100 pages. I was like, are you kidding me? (laughs) So I pulled up the table of contents. I was like oh, this is like a 500 plus page book. Like we are, we are getting into it. So (laughs) I think that's also part of my stress because it's like, I want to watch the show and kind of be as far ahead in the book that I can be. Uh, And because we're going to have a book discussion about it on the podcast and all that, but it's a very, it's still a very good book. So there's no problem with me reading it. I just have to pace myself tonight and, you know, for the rest of the week. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not a stress counselor, but just um, I hope you enjoy your vacation. I hope it's relaxing. I'm going to talk in this calming voice for the rest of the podcast, so you're sent off in a uh, a good, chill mood. Oh, so, everybody, we are available to listen to in podcast form on iTunes, Google Play, wherever podcasts are available. Talk about the Wick Club. We give away extra articles, videos, and prizes every month. The link there is up there. So, Thanks for watching, and we will see you next Wednesday at 4 p.m. And we will have a guest host, because maybe you'll be on vacation. Hope you enjoy yourself. Goodbye, everybody, and pleasant dreams. Bye.